Gracious Heavenly Father, you lift us up, lift up, lifted us again this week. When nothing else could help, your love lifted us. With the gratitude, we come to cling to you today. Speak your love to us so that we can live for your glory and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the most lifting name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying his power, have nothing to do with such a people. Yesterday we heard Paul commanding Timothy to flee from youthful passion or sensuality. Today we hear Paul telling Timothy to avoid ungodly people. In today's Paul's warning, we see three things stand out. The three key words in this text are last days, lovers, and godliness. Last days, lovers, and godliness. First, Paul connects the ungodly people to last days. The expression, the last days, is a Jewish Old Testament term that denotes God's judgment over every nation and everyone. In the New Testament, there are only seven passages uh, uh, with the term last days. The Greek word for the last is eschaton, from which we have eschatology, the study of the last days. And as we learn from Cornerstone Bible study, the last days for Christians is not a distant future of a doomsdays, but a clear present time, because God sent his last and perfect revelation, self-revelation, through Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul's command to avoid the ungodly people in verse 5 has a present tense. Paul said, having a, uh, have nothing to do with a, such a people. When Paul and New Testament writers, such as James, Peter, and John, talked about last days, they were referring to their own times, or present time, because they knew Jesus was God incarnate, who revealed the heart of God to all of us. And thus, last day means a critical urgency of time. Definitely, we feel critical time with the urgency for the good news for Vaccines in our pandemic. The greatest vaccine that cures everyone is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it gives us God's forgiveness and eternal life. Now, what was a Paul warning about the last days? Here, Paul was now warning about the Antichrist and his worldwide persecution of Christians, like a Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series, he was a warning about the ungodly people who love themselves more than God. 
That's the second outstanding point in this passage. People, uh, people Paul called for our critical attention or those who love themselves more than God. In this passage, the most repeated word, actually word that repeated five times, is the lovers. That's the key word. Verse 5, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Verse 3, not lovers of good. Verse 4, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers. The ungodly are not those who hated God, but those who love themselves more than God and before God. They love themselves first and God last. They did not hate God. They simply love God last or least. They love God only when it was convenient and only when it was really, really necessary. Paul connected their self-love to, now, love of money and pleasure. Why money? To love somebody means to meet the need of that person. To meet the needs, you need to have a power. And money is a universal power, and power that moves our material world. In the capitalist society, money determines our class, our influence, even convenience, and ultimately pleasure. No wonder the only idol that Jesus called to be his competitor is a mammon, God of money. Matthew 6.24, Jesus said, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one, they love the other, or you, you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. Definitely, we cannot serve God and money. And uh, I really, this is why I believe the Bible commands us to give a tithing. Tithing delivers from the obsession with the money, the hegemony of uh, this uh, uh, mammon. The spiritual, the, the tithing is, a, in a way, vaccine uh, against a spiritual infection called affluenza. Have you heard about affluenza? Not influenza, affluenza. You know, the spiritual sickness and to be obsessed with uh, money. Look at what the ungodly person without, with the money does. Rest of the passage said they are boastful. If you love yourself first and then love money, as it is power, you become a boastful, proud, abusive, disrespectable to your parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, considered lovers of pleasure. Without the love of God in our heart, but love of ourselves, Money will exacerbate everything else. This is what money without God or person under the influence of a greed does. I want to say clearly that money is not the problem. The problem is our mind, our ungodly money management. So don't blame money. It's not the uh, over, overabundance of money or lack of money. It is our mind. Who we love first. That's what matters most. Finally, the most shocking and challenging part of the warning today is ungodly are not irreligious people, but they are very religious people. 
Paul said they have a form of godliness without his power. A commentator said they had an appearance of godliness in that they had externals of religion in place. They were experts on externals. I like that. They were experts on externals. The ungodly were masters of asceticism. As Paul earlier said, they forbid marriage, require abstinence from food that God created to receive with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. The first Timothy chapter 4 verse 3. Legalism was their forte. They had carefully mattered, mattered everything out for their followers. They have a rule for everything. So these people, they are actually very religious people in form. But they are absolute phonies. They are, fo- they, are, they are phonies because they have a forms without substance. And uh, a pastor named uh, Hugh, uh, Kent Hughes, once a pastor of a university Presbyterian church in front of uh, Witten College, he uh, commented on this, but on this passage this way. Just as it was possible to be a member and even teacher in the church of Ephesus and be lost, it is possible to be lost in today's church. Unregenerate evangelicals are growing reality in both clergy and congregations. It is so easy to acquire appearance of godliness, to subscribe all the right subcultural expressions and customs of Christianity, yet be denying its power by quality of our lives. The ungodly, for me, is like strawberries that taste like a cucumber. Have you bought those beautiful, delicious-looking red strawberries that taste nothing but a cucumber? So I have a last question for all of us. If you and I are strawberries, are we really real sweet tasting strawberries or are we just looking like strawberries? When God tastes us, will he be pleased with us? When others bite us, will the sweet juice of Christ come out of us? Let us live with the power that God bestowed upon us in the name of Jesus Christ, through the power, through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. We want to love you, not only with the lips and rituals, but with all of our heart and all of our wallet. We want to worship you, not only Sundays, but also every day, especially Friday. We want to lift your name and we want our VIPs to see lifting name of Jesus through us. You are our first love, Lord. You are not our last priority or afterthought. You are our everything because we are everything to you. Help us to love you, Lord, above beyond everything today and this weekend. In the sweetest name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen.